This is episode 479 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's podcast is a special interview with James Leary of PlanAndPrepared.com. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is a special podcast with James Leary of PlanAndPrepared.com. Now, you know every month I try to bring in someone in the preparedness community that brings value and I try to do a Facebook Live with them. So this Facebook Live was done in November, and James and I talked about home security. Now, James is a police officer. He's with the Sheriff's Department. He's been in the military. He runs PlanAndPrepared.com. He's active over on the Facebook group. And so I knew that when we talked about home security and we talked about you know just protecting ourselves, that he was the guy to go to because he's got a lot of great information. So Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to the Facebook Live interview. There are a few moments where the audio comes in and out a little bit. That's just because of the connection. But the uh, interview was really good, and the sound quality should be great for the podcast besides those few little moments there. So uh, let's go ahead and go straight to that interview. Hey, James, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, Todd. How are you? Oh man, I'm I'm great. I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to this uh, this Facebook Live for uh, for a long time. And so, uh, guys, as I'm introducing James, James is uh, a police officer, a sheriff's deputy. Um, he has 19 years of experience, and uh, he is a member of the preparedness community. I link to his. Uh, his articles all the time on Prepper website, and I link to I actually read his articles on the podcast uh, very often. And so, you know, when I was thinking about home security, because I know that that is something that a lot of people are interested in, they want to feel safer. I, I I thought about James, and so I'm so glad that you are here with us, James. So with that, um, I, I don't want to just waste everybody's time from me talking. I want to go ahead and let you get in here. So can you tell us a little bit about? Um, you know, why you got into preparedness and we're going to be talking a little bit about, you know, police being a police officer and all that kind of stuff. But can you talk a little bit about why you got into preparedness and uh, introduce yourself that way? Sure. Uh, my name's James Leary. Uh, like I said, I am a, a deputy sheriff. I've, I've been in law enforcement uh, coming up almost 20 years. Um, my preparedness was actually something my family did back as a back when I was a kid. It wasn't and it wasn't called being a prepper back then. We just we just had extra food. We had extra water and extra supplies just in case something, you know, something traumatic happened. And uh, I, I guess you know, in my twenties, you know, I went to college and and I just kind of, I, I kind of just let it. Kind I don't want to say blew it off, but I didn't think about it. And then uh, you know, I started watching in the early two thousands. I started watching things like Katrina. Um, uh, you know, central Oklahoma got hit with some massive tornadoes and it, it just kind of, it made me realize, you know, maybe my parents, maybe my parents had a, a pretty good idea. And I just, I, I started, you know, just started off slowly and it's just developed over time. And, uh, you know, local people encouraged me, Hey, you should, maybe you should, you know, you're, you're a police officer. Some of this can directly impact, 
uh, people, you know, people out there, you can you can educate them on what you've learned. And so I I, I actually started writing for a different website, and I wrote for uh, Gray Wolf Survival for about a year or so. And he he encouraged me, hey, you should get out and do it on your own, and I did. And I guess I've had the website um, about three three or four years now. Wow. Yeah, uh, you know, we used to link to Scott's stuff all the time. I know that he's kind of taken a little bit of a break, but uh, yeah. that's that's great, man. Um, you know, Scott always put out great stuff. So if he encouraged yeah. you to get out there and to uh, to write, I know that uh, you know he was he was he really saw that in you that you had a lot to offer. So um, you know, you're in the preparedness community. You're writing, but you're a police officer. You've been a police officer for a long time. So, you know, what got you going into that, that line of work? Uh, you know, somebody has already said, I think Chen already in the Facebook uh, page has said, uh, thanks for your service. So, uh, oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us why, why you got into uh, police work. I mean, what was, what was the draw there? I, well, growing up as a kid, initially I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And then, you know, my eyes weren't very good. And I had, uh, I had medical problems that, that actually wouldn't let me. Uh, get into the military at all and so I just kind of uh, I just kind of gravitated towards law enforcement and it's something that something that I enjoy doing and I you know I'm coming up on 20 years and and I still love it well so you know you're out there you see a lot of things that are going on Um, you probably see a lot of things that you know we're we're kind of we have that normalcy bias a lot of the times, and you hear about that in the preparedness community. You're seeing a lot of uh, crazy things going on there as a police officer. What what has changed in the 19 years that when you when you started uh, to now? You, it, has anything changed, or has it just been pretty much keeping the same old same old? No, it, it's definitely changed. Um, I want to say that overall, the level of violence has come down some, or, or the overall, but but the the tenacity, the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Just how violent some people have become, or how crazy some people have gone. In my opinion, has has gotten worse. I I, you know, I I see more and more people experimenting with with drugs, and and you know Oklahoma has medical marijuana. I'm not trying to be political, but marijuana is not something that you know. I was I was actually on a drug task force for years. Marijuana wasn't something we worried about. The problem is is the harder drugs, and that that's that's becoming a you know meth, methamphetamine and heroin. That's becoming a major problem in our in in our area, and that's leading to more violence, more crime, more uh, more just craziness. And of course, you you see it on the news now with with the political uh, aspects. Just in, in some places, you know, parts of the East Coast and West Coast. I don't know that I'd, I'd even want to go there. It's just gotten so crazy. You know, we were talking a little bit uh, before we got started. That was one of the things that we we said. I mean, that's something that we we see on a regular basis, and we need to be careful about. We go out there, and you know, you get you have to be situationally aware, mm-hmm. um, definitely. So, can you talk a little bit about that as far as because I, I know that that is one of the things that you believe in. And can you just touch on that briefly? I think that would be helpful for people that are listening, at least coming from a, a police officer's point of view. Yeah, I, I uh, to me, I, I think, and I actually wrote an article on it here a year or two ago about situational awareness. 
uh, you know, people talk about all the different skills and all the, you know, prepper skills and that kind of stuff. To me, I think it all starts with uh, situational awareness, and and uh, especially when you see, you know, all the the violence and the the active shooters and the the the, the terrorism, all that that craziness going on. You you really have to stop and pay attention to what's going on around you, and yet so many people are walking down the street, you know, doing on their cell phone, just oblivious to what's going on around them. And so I th- I think when it comes to survival, when it comes to just keeping yourself safe, the number one thing you have to do is look up, look around, and pay attention to what's going on around you. Awesome. You're, that's definitely, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more with you on that. Hey, so can I ask you another uh, prepping question before we get into home security? Okay. <laughs> so uh, as a police officer, you got that great belt, right? You, you know, you have that, you, you EDC stuff all the time. And mm-hmm. so what kind of EDC would you say for the regular person out there that's not a police officer that doesn't have the Batman utility belt on them, right? What, what would you suggest or some great EDC things to carry around? The first thing I always, I always talk about having on you, to me, the most important piece of equipment is your cell phone. Uh, believe it or not, 90, you know, 95, 98% of all problems and stuff going on can be, I don't want to say quickly resolved, but can at least you can notify help with your cell phone. Um, I actually, here a while back, I, I got into a kind of an email debate with a guy who, who basically said that, well, you know, when we have an EMP, it'll wipe your cell phones out. And yeah, and, and my argument was, well, you know, that's, that's potentially true. But in 2015, for example, there were about 40,000 people killed in the U.S. in automobile accidents and probably over 4 million injuries. Uh, you know, in 2015, zero people were affected by an EMP. So my thought is, well, the more important thing would be to have a cell phone to call for help. Uh, you know, if you're in a car wreck or, you know, I, I want to say there was about, uh, you know, four, well, I, I think it was 4.4 million visits to the ER in 2015. It, to, in my opinion, the most important thing you do is have a, a phone call 911, call an ambulance if somebody's sick or having a heart attack or, or whatever. So to me, the most important thing would be a, a cell phone. Uh, me personally, I never leave my house uh, unarmed, even if I'm just running down the street. I, I, I have a and I carry concealed. Um, I also have a little bitty uh, flashlight that I carry on me at all times. Um, I, I've got a, a, my knife. I've got my wallet. I keep some you know some spare cash, my keys, that kind of stuff. But to me, the number one the number one thing I don't go anywhere without is my cell phone. That's that's great, and I'm glad you said that about the EMP, right? Because that's something that we hear. All the time, I talk about it on the podcast all the time. I know that if I put uh, an EMP article on Prepper website, that that one's going to get a lot mm-hmm. of hits, a lot yep. of a lot of clicks, because that's the one thing that people are, I don't know, fearful about. They want to know more information about. But you, we can't prepare uh, or live our lives in fear of an EMP. I mean, think about all mm-hmm. the living that you don't do because you're living in fear of an EMP. So un- until that happens carry around your cell phone. <laughs> That's great, great, uh, great advice. All right. So you're here to talk a little bit about home security. Talk to us a little bit about what we needed to, uh, to be considering because as uh, you, you know, you talked about the violent crime. I, I know that in my area, uh, I live in the suburb of Houston. 
Uh, I'm on a on a Facebook group that talks about crime. I mean, it pretty much only talks about crime and in, in, in those types of issues. And everybody has said that they've seen it on the rise lately. And so I, I think that's one of the things that we need to be concerned about. And, and one of those things that we need to, to be, I guess, situationally aware and put, in, put into place as many, many things as we can to make sure that we are secure and safe. So can you talk to us a little bit about home security? I know that's kind of general, that's just broad. I'm just gonna kind of let you go with it and just take it wherever you're, you know, you wanna, you wanna go with it. Sure, no problem. In fact, that's, that's actually great because with the holidays coming up, I, I think a lot of studies, you know, with insurance companies and, and, and FBI uniform crime reports, property theft and, and break-ins, burglaries, that kind of stuff, always go up over the holiday season mm-hmm. in some cases some studies have found that it's gone up you know 40 50 percent over the rest of the time and it, it just does there's there in fact uh, we had a, a whole uh, agency meeting here a week or so ago and that was something they mentioned hey holidays are here burglary crimes property crimes are fixing to go up um i want to say in a in i want to say 2016 or so there were there were a little over two million burglaries in the United States and that comes out to one about every 15 or 20 seconds. Wow. So um it, yeah, it's it's just it's and like I said mentioned earlier with you know drug use going up, people have to pay for that. Property crimes have been on the rise and I hate to say that. Um so I I know people have asked me and I've written some articles and and I I know some of this is common sense stuff, but I I wanted to to share some tips and some things that to consider uh, to try to protect yourself from from burg- potential burglaries or or even to try to prevent yourself from from maybe even being a target awesome awesome well go for it man just just okay share share uh, away uh, uh, first thing I do and I preach this to my kids I preach it to my family always 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 lock your car doors lock your windows lock your house even you know even if you live on the second floor, Lock the second story windows. Um, I, you know, I mentioned the other day that the vast majority of crimes are are, are crimes of opportunity. Uh, somebody walks by your car, they look in, they see your purse or a wallet or, or something of value. Your car's unlocked, they open it, they grab it, and off they go. Um, or, or a lot of times, I've even there have been times where people said, "Well, I ha- my car alarm was set," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I could they could open your door, grab your." your valuables and be gone in 15 seconds. That car alarm doesn't mean anything. So the, the number one tip, and I know it itself, I, I know it's pretty, pretty basic, but just make sure you, you lock your doors, lock your windows. Uh, the second thing that I would, I would suggest is, um, and, and you mentioned, you mentioned earlier about potentially buying a house or, or some things you do. I, I would try to, if at all possible, Stay away from uh, exterior doors that have big, huge windows, if possible. Uh, probably here in the next three or four years, I'm going to I, I'm going to buy some land. I want to build a house. I, I'm not going to install sliding glass doors. So many people put those in in the back, and they are so easy to break. Even if they're braced, it's it's glass. If you are if you're already living in a home and you've got that glass, there are things you can do to protect it. Uh, they've got a security film that you can put over your windows. I'd encourage you to do that. That way, if somebody does try to break the glass, it holds it holds that glass in. It makes it a lot more difficult to get in. Um, it's like a film. I actually, several years ago, I had somebody attempt to break into 
uh, my car. I was in the gym. I came out, and my uh, driver's side window was shattered, but because I had it tinted, the glass stayed put, and so they didn't get anything in the car. I'm mad to replace the, the window. So that's something to, to consider. Um, also, like I said, if, if you already have a, slide, a sliding glass door in your house, go ahead and brace it. Uh, use, you know, I, my sister has one. She, she actually has a, a two-by-four that slides perfectly, so they can't, they can't open that door. Uh, she also put the, the film over her windows. Um, number three is, you know, if you've got door frames, uh, a lot of people will take three-inch screws and drill it along the frame so that goes into the wall stud. That helps to prevent your door from being kicked open. Uh, use reinforced locks and striker plates. I think you can get those at Lowe's or Home Depot. Again, those will help to protect your door and help secure your windows. Um, some of the other stuff, I know social media is huge. People love Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I, I would encourage people, not not only do you not want to post that you're getting ready to go on, on vacation for a week to Jamaica or, or wherever, while you're there, I would avoid posting, and I know it's hard, everybody wants to post pictures of the beach or pictures of the steak or pictures of their, their margarita or whatever. If you have to post those, wait till after you get home. You don't need to let everybody know that you're that you're not home, that you're out on on vacation. Uh, I don't know about major cities, but I know a lot of the suburbs. If you call the police department ahead of time and say, "Hey, we're going to be gone for a week," can you essentially it's called extra patrol? Just keep an eye on my house. A lot of times, if they're not busy. The police will, will up increase their patrols in that area. So, uh, I, you know, I, that was something we did when I am and still do as a, a both as a deputy sheriff and as a police officer. Um, the other thing, uh, going back to social media, uh, I said not only to don't post pictures of your travel plans, but uh, don't post pictures of any, especially now with the holidays. I would I would avoid posting pictures of high ticket items. Uh, you know, you might be proud that you've got a new 65 inch, you know, 4K 4D TV or whatever, and and a PlayStation 4. Or whatever. But but posting that on social media, you have no idea how many people can have can have access to that. So, and in addition, come Christmas or or after you get it, don't set the boxes out to be picked up in the trash. Break them down. Take them somewhere else. Drive a couple miles. Find a dumpster or whatever. Put them in there. But you don't. You don't want to, to advertise to the world that these items are sitting in your house. The other thing I would encourage, and I encourage people to do this all the time as a police officer, take pictures of these high dollar items, and and not just pictures, but take a second picture of the serial number. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how many times in the past I would go and, and take a report on a burglary. And people say, well, you know, my laptop was stolen and my gold necklace was stolen. Okay, well, what kind of laptop was it? Well, it was a gray one and it had a sticker of a skull on it. <laughs> that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't really help us, you know. If you have pictures of it and pictures of the serial number, at least in my state, we enter that into a, a log and or we enter it to National Crime Computer and 
according to state statute, if somebody goes and pawns something, they the pawn shop has to enter that serial number into that database. If it's stolen, it'll flag. So every every TV, every computer, every firearm, anything of value that could be stolen, not only do I have a picture of it, I have a second picture of it on my uh, you know of the serial number. And this helps not only the police should should I ever be broken into, but it will also help insurance claim if you go to make an insurance claim hey here are the pictures uh here are the pictures and here are the serial numbers of, of my items that that actually helped me several years ago when the apartment i lived in was hit by a tornado i already had all those pictures all, all on my phone and i just sent them to my insurance agent and, and had no problems being able to claim that stuff because i could prove that i had it so that is, that is something and you can do that in 30 minutes or less. Go through every I said, every computer, your PlayStation, your TV, all your guns. Get, take pictures and take pictures of serial number. Jewelry, watches, take pictures of it because those pictures can be so much easier to help solve a crime than, than, a, uh, than just a, a description of a, a great computer with a, a great laptop with a folder on it. Hey, James, can I ask you a question here? Um, I don't want to like break your concentration and you know where you're, where you're going. But uh, a lot of the times you hear people talk about taking video, um, you know, and so I know that, you know, a picture definitely would be helpful. And then a close up of the serial number. But is would a video add to any anything there or is it just extra or is it a waste of time? I would always you can absolutely. Um in the past when I've taken them, people have had pictures. I've just taken them. Or if they've even had a video, I just took a still off of the video. But but absolutely, if you want to take a video of it and a video of, okay, you know, here here's the TV. Here's where it's setting. Absolutely. Uh, it, no harm in doing that. I also want to let people know, uh, and it's kind of funny, shows like CSI and, and the, I, I actually, I hate those shows because people... <laughs> People watch those shows and they think that's what it's like in real life, and it, it's really not. There is no super crime computer that we can put a set of fingerprints into, and at the end of a commercial break, the the suspect, his picture, his address, everything, it doesn't work that way. We actually we can take the prints or the DNA or whatever it is, and we have to have a suspect to compare them to. You know, we can't just enter them in uh, to a national crime computer. So. That's that you know those, those type of shows are unrealistic. So if they do show up and you've got video, that will certainly help. But don't think because the officer got some prints that two days later you're going to get all your stuff back. Uh, I know the the wait for us for DNA and 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 fingerprint and that stuff is months and sometimes years uh, before they can get it get it back to you. And and cases like murder and and rape and those kind of of, of cases will always take precedent. So. Don't count on on just a you know a set of fingerprints being able to solve the case. You you have to be proactive. You have to get some of some of the like I said these pictures and serial numbers. You, you have to do some of this stuff yourself before uh, before a potential burglar or a crime property crime. So you're you're prepping right. <laughs> that's another <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, you you really are. That's that's good advice. You know when you were telling me about. Uh, just the, the comments and stuff about locking your doors and things like that. Um, there's videos that, that from, from our area 
where people just go around and they have cameras outside, right? So people are taking the taking videos and they're able to grab them off of their 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 cameras. But people just go around in the middle of the night and will just try your door. And if it mm-hmm. opens, then they 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 will rifle through it and try to find something you know a quick win for themselves. Yep. But if it's locked, they just move on. And so Crime of opportunity, absolutely, exactly what you were saying. And then uh, we did have a situation where my son. And this is one of the things where I, you know, I was like, do not leave anything in your car that looks like a backpack or whatever. People will think that there's a computer, a laptop, what, you know, that you have something there. Just take it out. And there was this one time where he didn't listen. And sure enough, someone broke the, Well, they tried to break the, the, the front window to get in. And the thing is, he didn't even have anything. All he had was like clothes in his backpack. And so I'm like, that was a, a hard lesson to learn. I know that I've had teaching friends who went into a restaurant, had their their district computer with them that had a lot of sensitive information, and they went in to eat lunch and came back, and their car was was uh, broken into just for that laptop, and that's all they took. Exactly like you were talking about a crime of opportunity. So it can happen that fast if you're not if you're not paying attention. Yeah, put put those items in your trunk if you can slide them under your seat. Uh, Worst case scenario, I always carry a blanket in both my work truck and my personal truck. Uh, worst case scenario, if I've got something in my in my truck and I have to leave it, I at least put it down on the floor. I cover it with a blanket. My windows are tinted too, so it makes it a little bit harder to see. But I, I never, if, if you're going to look into my truck and see something, you're really, really going to have to work at it because I'm going to do the best that I can to cover and conceal anything I think might represent a target to a potential. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it's that extra two, three seconds of, like you said, covering something up that saves you money and time of having to go get a window repaired and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, taking time off of work and just a couple of seconds to take care of something just pays off big, but you don't really get that until it happens to you. Right. You don't really feel that or realize that until it happens and, and you wind up waiting, you know, to get your window fixed and paying two, $300. It, it sucks, yep. man. Sucks. Sucks. Yeah. I, uh, uh, and I want to apologize everybody. I'm, I'm eating cough drops. I've, I've had a horrible cough today, so I apologize if, if you can hear it click around, but it, I figured it, it's probably better to hear me sucking on a cough drop than to hear me coughing up a lung. Um, but going back, going back to, uh, I wanted to hit some some other things, uh, uh, both home and auto. Light uh, is your friend. Um, at my house, I, I I keep all the outside lights on. I keep them on all night long. Uh, if you're going, if you're going to an event, uh, like a big event, you know, if you're going shopping or you're going to a sporting event or somewhere where there's a, a huge parking lot. I always try to park underneath uh, the, the parking lights, you know, the big, tall parking lights. I do this for two reasons. One, if I'm going to be there at night, that provides extra light so that I can see. And the other reason, uh, if you go to a sporting event and there's 20,000 cars there, when you walk out, now you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, where did I park? Well, if you know you're parked under a, a parking light, that narrows it down a little bit. It makes it a little bit easier to find your car. Uh, Thieves hate lights, so in addition to parking under a light, leaving your porch lights on, you might go around and install motion lights around your house. Turn all your lights on, you know, 9, 10 o'clock at night, go outside 
and look around and see where, okay, where are the dark spots on my house? And, and that's where you might want to install some motion lights. I, I know you can go on Amazon, and they're not terribly expensive. My, my parents had some solar lights where they have a little solar deal that they charge during the day, and then they come on at night when it's dark, and then when the sun comes up, they turn off. And, and they're not terribly expensive. You can attach them to the house, and, and they really help to detract uh, thieves and, and criminals who, who obviously do not want to be seen and and for the most part and and so that's that's huge or potentially huge yeah i completely completely agree with you on that um you you talked about motion lights what do you think about something like the ring doorbell or something you know other you know cameras out uh motion cameras and stuff like that out there Absolutely. I, I've got cameras here at, at my house. Um, I'm getting ready to install another one on my driveway. Uh, I, I Believe it or not, I, I you know I have a, a marked unit that I drive home every day, but that doesn't necessarily really brazen criminals. That's not necessarily going to stop them. I actually, uh, a friend of mine who worked for a police department over the summer, they had a massive uh, gang unit conference in Oklahoma City. And they had three different police cars, marked police cars that were broke into at a, at a you know a huge parking lot, you know, multi tiered parking lot. So, just because I have a march, it doesn't mean that I'm gonna doesn't necessarily mean that people won't attempt to 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 break into it. So I've got I've got a you know camera on the front door. I'm putting in a camera over the driveway. I've got a camera at the back door. Uh, absolutely, and and they've gotten they've come down in price so much that you know for just. I, I'd say a couple hundred dollars, but in the grand scheme, that's that's not terribly expensive. And in some cases, some homeowners insurance policies policies will reduce your rate a little bit uh, by installing some of these features. Uh, that's a good point. So since we're talking about stuff like that, what, what do you think about home alarms? So two questions: What do you think about home alarms that are monitored, like uh, ADT, Brinks? You know, those or those are the the big ones here, I guess, in where I'm at. And then what do you think about uh, versus that versus the, the DIY do-it-yourself type alarms? Well, if, if you're gone a lot or if nobody's home, I, you know, I don't know how much a, a DIY will help. I, I mean, if you're home all the time, obviously it's going to help you. Uh, it's not uncommon for uh, the, my department to multiple times a day to get, hey, we've got an, an alarm call at this address. Now, it, it may take us five, ten minutes to get there. But at least we're in, in route, whereas if it's a DIY and you're not home and it doesn't notify anybody, it's not really doing you all that much good. Well, so let me, let, let me uh, clarify. The DIYs, a lot of them can monitor um, okay. and can, can do that. So uh, I just meant that uh, it's… Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You, so it'll, it'll send you an alert on your phone. It'll, it'll do your phone, uh, but it, you can also dial into uh, a monitoring service. Oh, as okay. as okay. well, it's just you're not paying uh, a monthly fee for the for the you know, for the service, right? I mean, you might pay a small amount for the monitoring service, but not like you would pay for the big one. As long as it's monitored in some way, shape, or form, then absolutely. I I, I think everything like that only adds to your ability to to try to detect it either as it's happening or right before it, it happens. I think I've, I saw something several months ago. That, uh, it's some sort of doorbell alarm that there's a small camera hidden in the door, and anytime somebody walks up to your front door, it'll notify you when you're gone. 
and it'll, you can watch the video and and that's i can i can watch the videos on my you know the, the cameras on my house from my cell phone so absolutely anything like that as long as you have a way to to monitor it while you're gone or to it will notify you should something happen then absolutely yeah those, those are great i actually i do have one of those it's the the ring door doorbell alarm and uh the, i think it's it's like five dollars a month uh for the for the monitoring and yeah you're right you get it takes video um when someone comes you I mean you could talk with them i could be at work and someone rings the doorbell they think i'm at home um i mean it's it's pretty awesome to be able to do that and so uh, yeah so i get that question a lot about the home alarm systems diy you don't believe that um just the the ability to make a lot of noise would keep somebody from breaking in or or keep them running you know where they they might break in but they would run away oh no 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 I, I i any any type of noise or audible alarm i think will be can possibly be a deterrent uh i i encourage people hey if you can get a get a dog you know even if it's a little yippy dog if, if it's one that's just going to bark non-stop you may be at the back end of the house and your dog won't just stop barking it you're gonna go out and try to figure out what's going on so absolutely any the more attention that you can draw in the end the better that's going to be that that's what it may not stop it but in every single case but it, it definitely isn't going to hurt okay awesome okay good advice so what are some myths around home security are there any myths that you can share with us um I, most most break-ins actually they they happen during the day uh you know i think a lot of people have the have this this idea that it's going to happen at you know midnight when they're asleep and, and and it does in a lot of cases but the vast majority of break-ins are during the day while people are gone or at work um a lot of people will and, and you can watch the video they'll they'll come up and they'll like you said they'll try the front door hey it's open they'll come on in um, a lot of them, my sister was broke into several years ago. They jumped the, the backyard. They jumped into the backyard and used a table to climb up to the second and second floor. They, she had a little landing. They used a, a patio table, climbed up, broke in to the window and got in. That's how they, they broke into her house. So, um, or I didn't break the window, but they just lifted the window. And that's why I tell people, Hey, eat, lock all your windows. Um, but yeah, I think one of the, the biggest myths is is people think it all happens at night when the vast majority happen during the day. Mm. Well, you know, you you touched on a subject or a, a topic that I hear often about being careful what you what you have on you know in your perimeter uh, of, of your home. Like you said, the the table there. Now, of course, you know if you have a backyard, uh, you know you want to go out and enjoy the backyard you have a table of course you're not going to move your table in and out all the time but right. what what other kinds of things have you seen in your experience that has been detrimental to home security um in in your experience uh people will people will hide keys in the most obvious place um under a mat use a fake rock uh i i don't know how many times people have broken uh, they 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 they're in a two story house and, and you go in the backyard and there's a ladder they just left their ladder laying in the backyard the thief put it up climbed up to the second window or second story opened a window and and in he went um, 
what I encourage people to do, and we actually had this as a kid, those prickly thorn bushes, we had them lined under bedroom windows. We didn't have them cover the window. We wanted to be able to see in and out, but they were blocking a lot of those windows. Um, I, I think the other thing is I tend to keep the blinds in my house closed. I don't want people looking in. I don't want them to see what I have in. Um, but but anything you can do to, to slow down uh, a thief uh, – Without, without impairing your view to be able to look out and see what's going on outside. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So what are the things when, when one of the things that, that I have considered is like a door jam, uh, you know, one of those where, I mean, of course you can, you can do the screws like you talked about and the striker plates and all those types of things. Are they, are they worth it? Those door jams that will, you know, that you can push up against the door and they, they'll just, uh, brace it basically. Yeah. Especially if you're home. Um, but unfortunately home invasions are, they're on the rise and, and it's, you know, it, not uncommon for people uncommon now for people to come up and just try to kick in your door, run in and, and grab whatever they, they, they need. So yeah, if you're home, especially at night and you can, you can, uh, you could jam the door. Absolutely. I would say though, be sure it's something that you can easily undo because if something happens, your house catches on fire and you need to be able to get out, you don't want to have to, to spend a lot of time trying to, to get that door open. So it's something that should, that should slide down. It, it, it's, and they, they make all kinds of braces and whatnot that are easy to put down. It will help to reinforce that door. And in, in a really, in an emergency situation, you can you can pull it up in about two seconds. Okay, cool. All right, so I know you can you have a lot of people that are that are going to watch this video um, that are going to listen to the audio version of it as well, and you know they they believe in carrying concealed, they believe in Second Amendment, those types of things. When it comes to protecting your home, um, what kind of advice can you give us there as it relates to firearms? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I get so many people ask me, Hey, what's the, what's the best home defense? Is it a shotgun? Is it this? Is it that? The first thing I'm going to say is it's, it's a firearm that you have access to that you feel proficient and you feel proficient with. Um, earlier this year, yeah, about the beginning of the year, I, I worked at a homicide and it was a justifiable homicide. Uh, a, a guy had busted into another guy's house and the homeowner shot him close range, uh, 12 gauge bird shot and it killed him. Mm. So, uh, you know, w am I saying you should have a shotgun? Well, if, the, if you feel comfortable with it, my mom, for example, has a little, uh, a little SIG 380. Um, she would, she, she, you know, she's in her, she's 70. She can't handle a 357 or, or a, a 1911, you know, a 45. So to me, the number one thing, and I preach this with all firearms is, is the number one firearm is one that you can handle and one that you feel comfortable with and one that you practice. Okay. Good advice. Now, what would you, what would you say to someone if they were home and they did feel like someone was breaking in again with knowing that people are you know second amendment and mm -hmm. and we believe in defending ourselves and all that good stuff uh what kind of advice as a police officer would you give to someone who maybe they hear things stirring in the backyard or maybe the front yard and uh you know they they go into action 
Well, in in my state, we have the make my day law, which basically means if if somebody breaks into your home and you are feel fearful, I'm sorry, fearful for your life, your safety, the life or safety of your family members, you can use deadly force to protect yourself. Um, what I what I always encourage people to do, number one thing, call 911 first thing, immediately. Just keep them on the line because that will at least get law enforcement activated. If you have a firearm, have it with you. Um, I, I know I know nine times out of ten, and I'd be the same way. The first thing I'm, I want to do is go and find the, and confront the person. But the, but the number one thing I, is is stop, listen, and pay attention. Is, is there more than one person? Is is it really you know? Is it is it is it somebody breaking in, or you know, could it be something else? Years ago, I actually took a call. A, a man thought somebody was breaking into his house, and the first thing he did, he didn't call the police. He called the neighbor, and then and then the neighbor said, "Well, call the police." So the first guy hung up and and called police. They dispatched me. Well, the neighbor thought, "Well, I'm going to come help him." So he grabs a gun. And goes running across the yard to his neighbor neighbor's house about the time I show up, and I see a man with a gun at night running across the yard. So you know, I pull out and I, I put him at gunpoint. I get him on the ground, and it turns out the whole thing, the person breaking into the house was actually the homeowner's teenage son who'd snuck out and it got locked out. Was trying to sneak his way back in. So. Absolutely, you want to protect yourself, but you want to be aware of your surroundings. You want to you want to make sure that 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 this whatever it is is a true and and clear threat and not something else. And that's that would be. I mean, that could have ended very badly, right? Yes. For that teenager, yes. and, and the teenager could have been shot. The neighbor could have been shot. It it could have been. And fortunately, you know, everybody was fine. But but I was you're, with your adrenaline going. Uh, you know that fight or flight kicks in, but but stay calm, take deep breaths. When when you're on the phone, especially with nine one one, they they will walk you through it, and they'll they'll try to help keep you calm because it is it can be so emotional and so you know it, it can be scary. I'm I'm not gonna lie. So, uh, but definitely call nine one one, and if you feel the need to, you know, have your firearm ready. I I I. Me, I'm I'm going to search the house. I, I hate to tell people not to do that, but you may try to lock yourself into in one room uh, and be ready. And that way, if they're busting into your room, then you clearly know. Okay, this is a this is a clear and present danger. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and that's one of those places where all the lights that you put up, you know, that that would be helpful. If you have cameras, would be very helpful. Uh, and you know, if you were, I, I just imagine because I've got teenage kids too, right? And I, that's something that has gone through my mind as well. Is I would hate to think someone was breaking in, and you you wind up pulling the trigger because your adrenaline is going, and you're fearful, yep. and all those things, and you wind up killing someone that you care about and you love when mm -hmm. a couple of hundred dollars, uh, different equipment, lights, camera, whatever. Um, you know, you, you that wouldn't have happened. You would have saved someone's life. And so definitely it goes back to that being prepared and thinking things through. And, uh, you know, uh, so that's really good advice. Um, so, go something ahead. I, something I wanted to add, you know, I talked about that fear and that adrenaline. The more you train and practice with your firearm, 
the more confident you're going to be. And, and the more that, that fear, I don't want to say that fear goes away, but you're better able to deal with it. When, when your skill, when your, your, your ability goes up, your confidence goes up. And so I, I always encourage you, if you have a gun, don't lock it in the safe. Go to the range, practice, practice a lot. Change up how you practice. So many people go to the range, they put the target at five yards, they shoot 50 rounds, and they're done. No, change it up. Do, do things to get you out of your element. If you can't do push-ups or, or run a lap and then come back and draw your gun and try to shoot, shoot at three, three feet, shoot at three yards, shoot at 15 yards. Change up and change everything that you do so that you, so that your skill level will increase. Don't don't do the same training over and over and over. Good advice. Good advice. All right. So um, we're winding down here. Um, I, I do have another question. It's not related okay. to, to home security that someone left on the Facebook page. And uh, so I just but I wanted to give you that opportunity. Is there anything else about home security that you want to share uh, with with the the viewers with the listeners uh, before we move on to this last question, uh, I, I think I, I think I've covered it, most of it. You know, I mentioned like I said just and I'm going over again. Be sure to lock your doors, lock your your, uh, your locks, your windows. Uh, the other the other thing I, I mentioned, uh, and I wanted to cover on this a, a little bit uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, I mentioned you know when you park under a light or whatever. The other thing I would encourage people to do uh, before you, you walk out to your car, because a, a lot of uh, attacks happen at night when you're going to your car, if you're parked under a light, but before you leave the building or, or whatever event, get big keys out of your purse or out of your pocket. Find the key for your door. Have that ready. And as you're walking to your car, look around. See what's going on around you. Put your phone in your pocket. Put it in your purse. Uh, if you have a key fob, have the, the the button ready to go, so that when you walk up to your car, boom, you can you can hit the button or you can unlock the car immediately. Get in the first thing you do when you shut your door, lock the car. Then you can start your car. Look around, keep your eyes open, but but all those distractions that you know, looking for your car keys or looking at your phone, especially at night, especially in large you know area populated areas, get rid of as much of that distraction as you. Awesome. Okay. All right. So this question, uh, this next question is not necessarily from um, uh, about home security, but it was left on the, on the Facebook page. And it's about just as a police officer, what y'all are seeing regionally, right? And so uh, specifically, I think it was uh, this person lives in the, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and, you know, what kinds of things are you seeing, um, if you could speak a little bit maybe to some of that violence, if you feel comfortable talking a little bit about that. Of course, I know, you know, we've already mentioned that where you live is uh, you just, you know, you wouldn't be sending your kids or necessarily vacationing in some other parts of the country. Um, but is there anything from a police officers or, you know, uh, law enforcement position that you're hearing about things that are going on in other parts of the country i, I we actually talked a little bit about before i'm for those that don't know I, I live in central oklahoma we're still a fairly conservative state uh, we still have a, a, a pretty pro law enforcement uh, community around here 
I, 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 at least once a week, somebody will come up and thank me for my service, which, believe it or not, I, I really appreciate that because I see, I, when I see, you know, I, I'm on social media, I'm on a lot of other law enforcement websites and, and social media sites, and I see some of the, the crap and the grief that these officers in other areas go through. In fact, uh, the, the gentleman that talked about being from the Northwest, I actually read something today where Seattle uh, Police Department is having a, a huge problem right now uh, with attracting and retaining their police officers. They're all leaving Seattle, going to other municipalities, and a lot of it is the political climate that you know they don't feel like they're, they're getting the support from the politicians who will, who will pander to, I hate to say it, they'll pander to that social justice crowd. And the mayor today, what I actually read, the solution to to keeping the cops was to actually insult them and say, well, they're just, they're mall cops that are leaving. And so I, I really feel for police officers, especially, you know, in Baltimore, Chicago, uh, Detroit, some of those cities, I, man, I really feel for them. It's got to be hard to work there. Wow. Yeah. Um, along those lines, you know, I, I know you you're ta- you talked a little bit about being central Oklahoma, a little bit more conservative. But have y'all talked about the possibility of protest? Have y'all talked about the possibility of maybe civil unrest as a law enforcement agency? We have a, a little bit. There was a, a shooting can't think of her name, in Tulsa a year or two ago, a, a white female officer shot and killed a, a, a black motorist. Uh, there were some protests there. Uh, it, it's come up a little bit here, but but for the most part, like I said, being, being in central Oklahoma, being a, uh, in, in a suburb area of Oklahoma City, it's in the back of our mind. Sure, it's obvious. It's something we think about having to go out and confront somebody, and being put in a situation where you may have to shoot somebody, you may have to shoot a minority. And I, I promise you, I'm here to tell you, police are not waking up in the morning thinking, "Hey, maybe I get to shoot somebody today." Not, not at all. That you know, that that, that is the last thing that that we want to do. However, you know, at the end of the day, we want to go home. We want to be safe. And I will use you know whatever means necessary to defend myself and to defend the citizens that I protect. Yeah, that I serve. Well, again, thank you for that. We uh, I know when Ferguson was going on and they were talking about doing protests all over the place. Uh, they took you know they they ramped up here in Houston, and uh, the police officers they were geared up and 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 they had already said we are not going to allow looting. We are not going to allow that. If you come and you start doing that, man, you're you're going to be taken down. And so they had a big show of force uh, on, in, in the protest that happened downtown. And uh, you know, there were I, I I didn't doubt that they would they would be ready to go and uh, deal with anything that needed to be. Of course, the the numbers weren't as big as like New York and stuff like that. But you know, I guess different law enforcement agencies are going to react differently. Uh, to to those types of things, and so uh, again, we appreciate your service. Those of us that are uh, that are listening, we do appreciate that. As we close out, where can people, if they want to know more about you and you know the articles that you're putting out and uh, you know what you're doing in the preparedness community, where where can they find you? Yeah, my my website is called planandprepared.com. 
Um, I'm also on Twitter under Plan and Prepared. Um, I, I'm same thing on Facebook. Uh, I do. I, I'm James Leary on Facebook. I also have Plan and Prepared. Uh, Facebook. I think it's Plan and Facebook.com backslash Plan and Prepared. I believe is what it is. So, uh, absolutely, reach out to me. I, I I love to answer questions. People people ask me questions all the time, either from a prepper standpoint, from a law enforcement standpoint. I absolutely. Awesome. Oh, yeah. and, and my email is a uh, planandprepared at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, I, let's see, I mentioned Facebook, Twitter, email. So, yeah, there are multiple ways you can get a hold of me. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, definitely we will continue to uh, link to your articles because they're always good and read them on the podcast. We do appreciate it. And so I'm going to go ahead and sign out here. Uh, again, thanks so much for hanging out with us today, James. We greatly appreciate it. One last it. thing, if you don't mind, I, I want to give a, a shout out to my son. He leaves Monday morning for San Antonio. He's going into the Air Force <laughs> doing a, a computer sci cyber, cyber stuff, computer stuff. Very proud of him. So, uh, and, and, of course, Veterans Day just a few days ago. I want to say thank you to all the veterans out there who, who have served. We are free as a nation because of you. So I, I wanted to, to say thank you to, to the veterans. Awesome. Awesome. And then uh, I didn't mention it, but you're doing this on your birthday, man. You know, it's, this is your birthday. Happy birthday on that. Thank you. And uh, doing it with a, a cough and everything. So uh, we, do, we do appreciate your commitment uh, all the way around. So thanks so much. Hey, thank you for having me, Todd. I had a great time. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 479. I hope you enjoyed that interview with James Leary. And I do, I try to do interviews every month on Facebook Live. And eventually, I do rip that audio from the, the video and try to share it, especially when it's so good, right? And so hopefully you enjoyed that. I'm going to link to James's website on in the show notes, planandprepared.com. He's got a lot of great stuff over there, and so definitely you need to check that out. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on this special episode. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.